welcome back to CN Free Studio. This is Jennifer Longyan, and this is where we come to talk about what makes us unique, special, and different. Today's guest is so busy soaking up his semi-retirement that he didn't send a formal bio, so I thought I'd impress him by reading the one that I wrote for him. Innovative, disruptive, and creative founder and decades-long CEO of iconic men's grooming and lifestyle brand Dollar Shave Club. That's how he's described all over the internet. But for those who know him, he's a lovable pain in the ass. That's more accurate. Despite creating a coveted clump for men, over time, Mike has realized that he is especially grateful for the incredible women in his life, including yours truly, who spent five and a half years at his side as our ragtag leadership team took DSC from its humble beginnings to a unicorn status success story. He's still on several boards, including Dollar Shave Club, but Mike has stepped away from the grind and is now focused on honing his skills as an expert daydreamer. I cannot wait to hear what he's dreaming about these days. Please welcome Michael Dubin. Good bio, good intro. Why, thank you. You deserve the best. Um, I'm so happy you're here. You're my first guest joining me from a vehicle. It's a very exciting day for me. Yep. Well, I, you know, pleased you to know that I'm still driving my 2017 Chevy Volt and um, it has not caught on fire and um, it still runs. So <laughs> that's good. I love that you still drive that car too. You've had that thing for a while. Um, I like to keep well, it Mike, low You do. You do. Um, well, tell everyone, one, where you are <laughs> and um, what you're doing these days. Um, so what, what, right now I'm in a car because, um, I, I had to take a class down near the airport and, um, I'm, I, my schedule got a little screwed up. So that's why I'm in my car, but actually my car is nicer than my house or cleaner than my house, I should say. So this is probably better for everybody. <laughs> and you've been on the go quite a bit lately. Uh, right? I mean, traveling uh, all over the place, any place special that's been pretty particularly exciting that you want to entice us all to go to? Mm, no, not really. I think mostly just on the East Coast, you know, since I stepped down from DSC back in January, I've been, um, you know, just kind of soaking up the family time on the East Coast. I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, my hometown. I, I was in Maine where my mom lives and um, a little bit in Maryland, a little bit in Vermont and just kind of reconnecting with the East Coast, which has been awesome. Um, so that's kind of where I spend most of the summer. And uh, I'm just kind of back in L.A. Uh, of a couple days now. And um, yeah, but but nothing special, nowhere exotic, just kind of East Coast, Northeast. Uh, I still need to make it to Maine. I'm, you've talked about Maine in the past. I know your mom's there and I've never been. So I need to make it up there. I need to figure out like the best places to visit. So maybe you can give me some pointers. I can. Maine is a very special place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, listen, this whole show, which, you know, I, I, uh, when I left you at Dollar Shave Club, um, I wanted to find a way to stay connected with people, build up my confidence, which you know has uh, been <laughs> somewhat of a crippling factor for me, um, and then just kind of remind people that they're great, uh, regardless of status in society, and that was really important for me. And um, you know, I've been wanting you to be on the show for a while because you're somebody that inspires me. So I'm glad you're here today. 
I would love for you to tell people, you know, what do you think drives you? Uh, what's unique, special, and different about Michael Dubin? Um, I think what drives me, what has always driven me is, um, is, is my curiosity. And um, I have a real hunger for new knowledge or new skills and, um, you know, a constant demystification of the world. And so that takes me into all different kinds of places and, and activities. Um, but, but I would say that I'm, I'm defined by my, my curiosity. Yeah, I, I, I know that about you. I think that, like there's curiosity and then there's you you go like one step further than curious in my mind. And I will see what you think about this. But I feel like you see challenges, like dig into them and then you see opportunity. Like it's it's a curiosity, but it leads to something. It's not just for the sake of just knowing. I feel like you actually, you know, pursue pursue what you're learning and see if you can do something with it. Am I wrong about that? No, not at all. I, I, um, I, I you know, I think I'm wired in, in a way that, um, that, you know, doesn't really allow me to accept that something can't be done. Um, and so if somebody tells me that something can't be done, I will want to learn about it, dissect it, um, understand it and, and try to, bridge the gap and, and synthesize, you know, things that maybe come from other disciplines or approaches to try to solve a problem. But, uh, you know, I, I do, and I do find that cathartic is, is, is solving problems. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you do that well, actually, you know, I, I, you have like a certain instinct about you and I, I enjoyed working with you because you just instinctively see like there's a problem <laughs> And here's some possible solutions. So, um, I, you know, is that something that you picked up on as a kid? Did you know this about yourself? Did you discover it over time? How did how did you learn this uh, certain quality and start to appreciate it? I don't know if it's something that I inherited from my parents or something that developed along the way. When I look back over my life, I would say it's a consistent theme, but I don't know that I can pinpoint the moment. I don't know that there was a moment where it happened or, um, you know, you know, where I, where I, or where I learned it. It just, uh, it's just kind of who I am, I think. Yeah. And obviously I think there's a, a perception that entrepreneurs have that naturally, uh, that curiosity and that willingness to kind of solve problems. Do you believe that to be true now that you've had some time to reflect on, your your time in the startup space yeah without question i think that entrepreneurs uh the, the successful ones at least have to be good at solving problems because that's all you really have in the early days is problems challenges opportunities of course but uh whether it's manufacturing or uh, marketing or or anything in between for hiring a team managing that team, uh, they're all sort of challenges that you have to meet and rise to. So if you, if you are fatigued by that, you might have a short run. Um, successful entrepreneurs, I think, are really good at, uh, at problem solving and, and they're not, they're sort of indefatigable, right? They don't, they don't give up. They don't accept no for an answer. Um, they just kind of find a way to get done what needs to get done. And, um, you know, I think that, I think that it's it's uh, it's something that you can definitely learn, um, 
uh, but it's a, it's a mindset. It's just kind of, you kind of have to be a relentless optimist. Yeah. That, that was the question I was going to ask you is if it's something you think is learned or innate. Um, sounds like you do think it's learned. I mean, what would be your, and I no doubt you get asked questions like this all the time, but what's your recommendation for kind of the right or ripe training ground to explore um, and learn those kind of entrepreneurial skills? Is there a place you recommend or, a, a, you know, opportunities you recommend people pursue? No, I, I, I think it's, um, it's, I don't know. I don't think so. I think you just have to go do it. A lot of, a lot of people that want to start companies ask themselves, you know, like, what should I, you know, should I take a class or should I, um, go, you know, find a mentor and some of those things can be helpful, but I, I always think the best way to get started is to just get started and go after the things that you want and, when you encounter challenges, uh, know that you can find your way through them or around them. Um, I would say it's, it's really a question of dissecting what needs to get done into different, into smaller chunks and not think about it as a behemoth that is in, or, you know, that's insurmountable, right? dissect things, look at them in smaller pieces, take baby steps, don't get psyched out, um, you know, and just think what needs to be done next, what needs to be done next, and how would I get that done, and who can I go ask that maybe knows how to do that, um, and people want to help, you know, they don't, I, this has been my experience, and, you know, if, if anybody kind of stops me on the street or, or, or calls me up and asks me a question, um, you know, I'll, I will answer it to the best of my ability. And that, that's, um, that, that's what people did for me. You know, you got you, you to gotta ask people for help. People want to help. They do. They do. And I, I've been teaching this class on entrepreneurial leadership. And I'm kind of testing the students right now on that because I'm noticing they're not asking each other for help. Um, and that's one of the things I'm trying to get them to recognize is like, it's okay. You don't have, just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself. Um, so I'm glad right. you emphasized that. So, so who's somebody for you, Mike, that you know you reached out and they really helped you at a critical moment and, and somebody that you really appreciate along your journey? Uh, I mean, there's just too many people to to even begin to try to name. I, I would say everybody that worked at Dollar Shave Club at some point, you know, is somebody that I asked for something uh, directly or indirectly. My investors, my board members. I mean, I, you know, I don't want this to sound like an Oscar speech where I just list everybody. But ultimately, it's like <laughs> everybody has something to offer you. Everybody, you know, I would ask people for things every day that's sort of your that's sort of your job um as the entrepreneur as the ceo is to just kind of ask for help you know and sometimes that help comes from people that work for the company sometimes it comes from uh your friends sometimes it comes from your family sometimes it comes from just people that you bump into at a conference so you know it's um yeah it's i don't know that i could name any one person um because everybody's been helpful yeah it's, Even you, Jen. I, I will. Oh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, I um, I really enjoy my time working with you. I mean, I, I there's not a lot of opportunities to help build a company. I mean, that is something. And I think you and I have talked about this. Like that, we know we won't be able to replicate that 
experience that we yeah. all had. I mean, it's so friggin' yeah. powerful. And, and, you know, yes, it was successful, but even just the process of, of building and, and trying to figure stuff out as we went, like that's irreplaceable experience. And I tell everybody, if you have the opportunity to, to, you know, join in at a time when the company's got tons of opportunity and it's moving at lightning speed, jump, jump on, <laughs> get involved. Right. Um, it's an incredible right. opportunity. That's so, right. you know, you talked about like being a problem solver and obviously, you know, I know a lot of people probably talk to you about Dollar Shave and how you, you know, what problem you were trying to solve with that. I actually want to ask you more about what are the problems now that you see out there that you want to be able to solve? So I'm right now I'm thinking a lot about wildfire. Um, I've gone down the rabbit mm -hmm. hole on these wildfires that are erupting all over the West and around the world and learning why this isn't a problem that has been solved because of my senses of the technology exists. And, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to making sure it's a long story, but, but, uh, I'm, 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 I'm trying to be helpful where I can, and I'm not an expert in the science, nor am I, you know, a government official. And there are a lot of great people working on this challenge that, um, have been working on it for longer than I have, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to, play a role in moving the ball further downfield faster. Um, that's something that I'm super interested in right now. Um, you know, I, as you know, I've always been interested in politics and I'm trying to, um, you know, help, help the right people get to the right places and help the right people create the right organizations to, um, to, to be, um, you know, to help protect our democracy in, in a very unique moment, which is now. Um, and you know, that's kind of like, I spent a lot of time thinking about these social impact things, some philanthropic things, political things. Um, you know, I'm noodling a couple other ideas for companies, but you know, you really gotta really have to want to do it right. It has to be, has to mean something to you because, you know, it's a lot, as you know, it's a lot of work and, uh, you know, working, building a team and leading the team, it takes a lot of energy and, most of it's good, but some of it's arduous and, and you got to really want to do it, to do it again, you know? Yeah, very much. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an energy that, um, I, I, I tried to describe, people kept asking me what it was like when I left corporate world and joined Dollar Shave. And, and I, and I think they thought I was going to say all of these, yeah, I'm not wearing a suit anymore, or, you know, now I'm in this, completely different office here in Venice, but it wasn't that at all. It was the energy. Like there's an energy you get from it, but there's an energy you put, you know, it, it's hard to describe because you just feel every ounce of yourself being poured into, to the company and the business and making it work. And, um, so yeah. I appreciate well, you that. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you have to, you have to draw, you have to, you have to build borders for yourself. I think that, you know, looking back on things, I think, I had a tendency to take on a lot of um, uh, other people's stuff, you know, because it's hard when you work with people not to care about every corner of their life and especially their work. And, I, you know, like you just you, you have to be frugal with your energy. That's a friend of mine's quote. That's not mine. But you do have to be frugal with your energy because uh, people will um, people will people need your attention and your energy. The higher you are on the leadership uh, ladder, uh, m more people need more from you. 
and every day you walk in the building, you're setting an example, and that takes energy, and um, it's very demanding. It's it's um, it's not something that gets a lot of airtime, but uh, the energy that you expend um, to show up every day and lead, whether you're the CEO or the CPO or or the CFO or or a VP of whatever, it just it's um, it's enormous, and and I think that often goes on overlooked. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, and you, I mean, you talked about the fact that you're trying to solve some really big problems about being involved in politics. You know, you can fix the wildfires. And if anyone can, I think you can, Mike. But it's, you know, that's in itself, like taking on these really big problems is a lot of energy. Um, and what I love is that you, you've always been doing that. Like, so even though you were running the company and spending, you know, pouring yourself into the company, you were the face of the brand you were leading the company and the board, you were also, you were doing a lot around education and you were helping a lot of um, local politicians and giving back to the community and giving a lot to the employees as well, which I always knew about you. I used to tell people, I feel like I'm outing you by telling people how great you were. Um, you know, so I, I, I like that you're kind of, ref yeah. I mean, I think you're reflecting on like what's next for you and where you want to put all of that. And I, I, I love that. And I love that you're taking the time to do it. Yeah, it's um, it's fun. I mean, I, I don't know what I'll do full time. I may do nothing full time. I might just do a lot of little things here and there. And that's OK, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the show, but I, I have one part where I like to do a random question, which, by the way, everything up to this point probably felt random. Um, but <laughs> this one's really like solid. I wrote it down. Um, so you get okay. to pick between yeah. one and twenty five. What's your favorite number between one and twenty five? Uh, that's a really tough question, Jen. I could give you a few. <laughs> that was not numbers. the question. Uh, okay. Um, oh wait, you have 25 questions and I'm just picking a number and that's going to be the question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right, the question. Three. three. That's my favorite number. Um, okay. Here we go. When you want to reflect and work through ideas or decisions, where do you go? What's your special place or space where you like to free your mind? Uh, on the go. I, I do my best thinking on the move, um, not in an office. So and I can go anywhere. I Literally, I could get on a plane and just fly around circles and land at the same airport, and that would be fine. Um, uh, you know, riding a scooter, you know, uh, you know, walking down the beach. It's just the more... The more stimulus I have in the world around me, the more I'm able to, you know, create and think. And, and um, but yeah, sitting sitting in a chair and behind a desk is actually when I do my worst thinking. Yeah, I think most of us do. And yet we force ourselves into these circumstances anyway. Um, well, you also, I mean, I don't know if you talk about this openly, but you also meditate, right? You, taught, you told me that very early on when I met you that you actually do a great job of kind of doing mini meditation. I mean, you want to give any of the rest of us some uh, helpful hints on how to do that? I mean, I think just pick something that works for you. A lot of people use the apps. I don't use the apps because I never wanted to be dependent on technology um, to meditate, which is an ancient practice. There's no judgment against people that want to use the apps. I'd say do whatever works. There's really, truly just do whatever works. But um, you know, I found a teacher the old school way and just kind of did it. Yeah. Well, I don't know that you ever had a breakthrough with me on that front, but you certainly tried. <laughs> I 
Like I was like, yes, Mike, I'd like to be still and be quiet. I just haven't figured that out. So I appreciate it. Um, one of the things I highlight organizations that people care about and want to bring awareness to. And, um, you know, and I know you've been involved with this particular one for a while because I remember you telling me about it a few years ago. But you chose the Gabriella Charter School and in Los Feliz. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit about what is it and what's it about and how can people get involved? Um, it's a charter school. It's um, uh, it was started by my friend's mother, uh, Liza. Um, uh, sadly, she lost her daughter uh, at a young age. Her daughter was a passionate dancer and. Uh, Liza started a charter school that integrated dance into the curriculum in a very, um, in a very rigorous way. And so, uh, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not personally, a, a, a you know, like a dancer, <laughs> but, um, I, I love the way that they integrate that into the curriculum. And, you know, I, I started out doing it as really a, 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 um, not a favor to a friend, but, but just as a, as a, um, because I cared about the family and I wanted to help out. Um, and you know, what I've actually learned is a lot about how education works and, and, um, what's wrong with it and, and how we can do better. And, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, anybody can, can donate, um, uh, anybody can donate if they want to, um, uh, at the website, which I don't know off the top of my head, I probably should, but, um, but you know, I, I would probably, if people are looking for a place to donate, um, I might send them to a few, I might send them to a wildfire, um, uh, might send them to a wildfire thing that I'm working on. Um, but I don't have that website up yet either, but anyway. <laughs> so listen, we'll just have people chase you down and find out where to find you. But, um, yeah, that's right. So Hit me up on Twitter. That's right. Exactly. Um, well, I'm sure that's not your favorite thing. <laughs> But um, for the people on YouTube, if you are watching, I'll have a QR code at the end for Gabriella Charter School. So we will be able to direct you to the site, build your awareness around it. Like Mike said, and Mike, you've always been really passionate about education. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity to understand kind of what's going on in, in the world of education. What are students not getting? Uh, what can we do better? Um, so please uh, check out Gabriella Charter School. When Mike gets this website up, um, I will share it on mine as well so that we can bring some attention to the wildfires and see what we can do about that. It is definitely taking its toll on uh, this state and probably others as well. So Michael Dubin, I miss you a lot. Uh, Likewise. I say that, I, yeah, I cannot wait to hang out with you again soon-ish. I know we've, <laughs> we haven't seen each other in a year. We were it's on crazy. a beach about a year ago, right? Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. um, that's right. And yeah, that's the last time we saw each other. But I um, I do uh, miss hanging out with you because you just, I mean, you see opportunity in things. And I love that. Like, I see, I think I see that in people and you see it in just about everything else, including the people around you. And um, I just I've always appreciated that about you and, um, and being your friend Thank you. and being a fellow Leo. So, um, yes, we have that in common. Well, I hope you, uh, drive safely from wherever you're going, Thank uh, you. uh, get home. Yes. And, um, I will definitely catch up with you soon. In the meantime, uh, take care of yourself. 
Thank you. You too. Congrats on the show. I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you did this. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. It's fine. And uh, I'll talk to you. I'll call you soon. I'll I'll harass you as I do. Um, And in the meantime, everyone, please. (laughs) I'll do it. Um, Please subscribe to the show, everyone. Seeinfreestudio.com. We're back here. We're going to be here every two weeks. I'm going to launch this show and then we'll go into a biweekly circuit for a little while so I can catch up on some other work, but I'm super excited to keep the show going. So please join me, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us just about anywhere. Thanks, everyone.